Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's quickly take our Bibles and go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians is before 2 Corinthians, in case you were wondering about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We are in our series on the Holy Spirit. I initially, originally thought that this would uh, go through pretty much the month of uh, November, and then we would conclude. Um, But the train is moving, and it's not going to stop for a little bit, all right? Um, The Lord has a work to do. That's what it means, and He's got things He wants us to know even more. And and, uh, I've experienced that when I was preparing this particular message, um, that, that he is full steam ahead right now in this, in this word to you. Um, and so I want, I want to encourage you today to, to take some notes if you can, um, because I think that this, this can be, if you will allow it to be, a real memorable experience for you. And whatever you can do to, to write it out or, or, you know, whatever you do to help rem- you remember things, do that because this is something that you can come back and refer to. Even in this, these next coming weeks, um, I, I believe the Lord is going to make a, a rich deposit into your life that is going to bring great blessing to you. Um, we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the, the path of the Spirit, you know, how He guides us into all truth. And when, when you're being led by the Spirit, you know that your life is always going in a good direction. The scripture says that he helps us in our weakness. So we don't know how to pray for as we ought or what to pray, but he helps us in our weakness and he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is Romans chapter 8. And then it says, and we know all things work together for good. You see what I'm saying? He's taking you to that good thing. You might not be in a good thing right now, but let the Holy Spirit lead you and he'll take you to the good thing. Amen. And, and, and he's He's there to ensure that good things continue to come into your life. He and Jesus being our high priest. The scripture says that Jesus himself is our high priest of the good things to come. So we, we got to tap into this more and be more aware of the spirit and his operation in my life and his leading, his leading because he's taking you to good places. Uh, and so like Jesus said, he'll take you, uh, he'll guide you in all truth and he will show you things to come. See, God wants to reveal things to you. He's not trying to keep things from you. He's trying to show you things. He wants you to know what he knows. He wants you to see what he sees. He wants you to think how he thinks. The scripture says we've been gifted with the mind of Christ. But how many of you know we also have the responsibility to put on that mind of Christ? Well, I mean, you can have a gift sitting in your house all day, but if you don't unwrap it, open it up and get it out and use it, it's not going to do you any good. Amen. So use this thing. uh, 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 Lean on the Holy Spirit. Uh, talk, talk to him and, you know, invite him into your situation. Say, lead me today. I know you're going to lead me in the truth. I want to live in truth. Show me what's coming. Reveal to me what's ahead. You know, then we talked about the power of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit. Um, I don't have time to go into all that because uh, I've already gone too long on that. But today we're going to talk about, in particular, and we talked about the gifts last time. Remember the, the, the story of, of Isaac and Rebekah and the, behold, the camels were coming. And they, they carried those, the nine of those camels carried gifts, and we mirrored that with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the nine gifts of the Spirit, and how long, thousands of years before, uh, God was showing us what He was really planning on for all of us, what He was planning in the way of His church, and sending His Son and His Spirit into the earth 
so that the kingdom of God, we could see it here on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, but today, we're going to hone in on particularly prophecy. Because this is, this is, and it seems to be, the more I've studied this uh, recently, it seems to be highlighted amongst the gifts. I'm not saying that it is more important than the others. Listen to the language of what Paul says here. Right? And we'll just read the scripture and let you summarize for yourself. Look, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love. See, that's first and foremost, isn't it? Love is the foundation of all of it. Our faith works by love. This is all, the, the whole point, the whole intent is love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Watch this. But especially, everybody say especially, that you may prophesy. You see, Paul brings this out. He brings prophecy right to the forefront of these gifts. Pursue love, desire these gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, we need to know why he said especially. We need to know why this is highlighted. What, what is the deal with prophecy? Why is he saying that? What's important? And why is it relevant to us? I'm glad you asked all those questions just now. The reason Paul says, especially that you may prophesy, is number one, because for one, you don't need an interpretation with prophecy. You know, there is the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. But you've got to go through two people to get that. Or, or, the, or, the, or the same individual is going to be speaking twice, once in tongues and once bringing the interpretation. I've, I've spoken around the world, uh, places like India, uh, Africa, Mexico City, and had to preach with an interpreter. And I kind of enjoy it, but I have to use a whole different gate in my speech. I have to really condense my sentences and then wait on this person and hope to God they're saying what I'm saying because I have no clue what they're saying. Hopefully they're interpreting it right. And so there's this delay, right? There's this process in interpretation, and it's good, but I think Paul is saying, especially that you may prophesy, because the moment you open your mouth and prophesy, people immediately understand because you're speaking in their language. There's also another factor to it, though, and that is, um, and, and I believe this, but look at verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Next, verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to who? So this just showed us that when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men. You're speaking to God. But when you're prophesying, you're talking to mankind. And I mean men and women. You can receive edification by hearing those mysteries spoken by tongues and, and by interpretation of tongues. But tongues and the interpretation of tongues is not directly to us. Did you notice it says they're speaking to God? Uh, Paul said later on in, in verse 16, it says, How can those who don't understand you say amen at your giving of thanks? And so Paul teaches us that when you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying a thanksgiving kind of prayer. This is, this is directed to God. So the interpretation then should sound like the intended purpose, a praise to God, a thanksgiving to God. Um, and so how can they say amen or how can they receive anything from that if they don't understand what you're saying is, is what Paul is bringing to us, okay? And we can receive edification from that, but how many of you would, oh, let me just ask you, what would affect you more? Hearing someone praise and pray to God or having God speak to you? Hmm? 
more than likely, it's going to be God speaking to you. All right? So both are good, but one is especially good. And that's why he says, especially that you may prophesy. That's good. That's good, Pastor. Thank you. Verse 31 of this same chapter. Let's jump down there. For you can all prophesy one by one. Now, I want you to say this this morning. I can prophesy. Did you see that? You can all prophesy. Who's Paul talking to? Is he talking to the bishops? Is he talking to the pastors? Is he talking to the church leaders? No, he's talking to the entire church. And he says, you can all prophesy. I like that word can there. That tells me two things. That means I have the ability. I also have permission. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. This is the reason why we're doing it, so that people can learn and people can be encouraged. Isn't this beautiful? God is not going to force this on anybody. That's not how He works. He's a relational God. He's a partnering God. Remember, it's a gift for you to desire. Now, I want to pull out just from the Amplified for just a moment. Now, this is the 2015 version of the Amplified Bible, in case you're wondering. And we're going to look at these two verses. When it says you are all prophets... Wait. Where are you, Eric? Yeah, all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. But I want you to see what the Amplified says so you can understand what it means, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. For the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, the prophecy is under the speaker's control. And he can stop speaking. That's what it means. The spirit of the prophet, the spirit in you, is subject to you yourself. That is, he's waiting on whether you, your will to do it, your will to start it, and your will to stop it. This is called the partnership. He's got the, 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 the knowledge for you to reveal. He has the mystery. He has the, the, the foretelling to give to you, but he needs your partnership in the deal. He needs your willingness to speak it, to declare. Are you seeing this? Now, it's not forcing you. Now, when I was growing up, oh, Lord, I heard this quite a bit. I can't help it. The Holy Ghost just got all over me. No, you can help it because that's not how God works. He's not going to take you and shake you and take your tongue and you say this. That's not how God works. Amen. Poor, poor Holy Spirit, he gets blamed for some stupid stuff. Amen. But God loves us. He's so patient with us. I appreciate him so much. Verse 33, for God, who is the source of their prophesying, do you see that? Is not a God of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order, as is the practice in all the churches of the saints, including one cause church, God's people. In other words, You are the one who is in control of operating in the gift of prophecy. You know what that means? You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. I think I need a better amen than that. I said, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Amen. You are in a relationship with Him. As I said, you're in a partnership with Him. How astounding is that? It takes both of you to do it. It takes two of you to do it. Me and God, you and God, to get this thing done. Because if God simply forces one to do it, guess what is the result? Confusion and disorder. 
If you just prophesy by your own thinking, your own resources, there's confusion and disorder. But when you and God are together, it's peace and order. God's the one who put this equation together. I love this. I don't know about you, but when, I, when this really dawned on me that it's us in partnership. First of all, I was, I'm in awe that God would do that through somebody like me, that he would want to partner with me, Eric Holler. Idiot, Eric Holler. <laughs> Weak, Eric Holler. Dumb. I'm saying all those. I'm saying somebody who's limited in the flesh, all right? I don't think I'm a total idiot, but that God would want to partner. Think about it. He wants to partner with you, Justin. He wants to partner with you, Austin. See, he wants to do this together. That's because he is our father. And he wants us in this relationship to work together. He won't have it any other way. He loves the fellowship. Why did God make us? Because he wanted to have relationship. I love this. You know, you know what that does for me, though? It takes all the fear out of it, all the weirdness, all the spookiness. just takes it right out of it. And we see the beauty and the power of a partnership with God and his people. Now, because prophecy is an expression of God's love, and there's no fear in love. I love that. That's why this is so important. That's why this is so wonderful. That's why it's relevant. That's why we must be people who desire it and to operate in this gift. We prophesy. Think about this. When you prophesy, you're prophesying on God's behalf. You're speaking on His behalf to reveal His love to someone or someone's. Verse 39 of the same chapter. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly. That means with zeal, with passion. Desire earnestly to prophesy. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. See, both of these things are so important. Both of these things are so important. I want to give you the biblical definition of prophecy. All right? The biblical definition of prophecy so that we can really see what's going on. It is uh, a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God. That's what's happening when you prophesy. Isn't this beautiful? A discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God. But it is especially about foretelling future events. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of prophesy, not just prophecy, but prophesy, to prophesy. It means to utter forth, to declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. To utter forth, declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. You know what this means? When you prophesy, if you're going to prophesy, you're going to have to get over thinking that this doesn't make sense to you. Because it can only be known by divine revelation, not by your revelation. You have to trust the Lord and just say, Lord, I want to operate in this gift. And when you do, you're going to find out a lot of things 
that you don't know. And you're going to utter things that you don't know. You're going to utter things you don't understand. But that's okay. God knows. You know the one who knows. Isn't this beautiful? Let me, let me tell you why this, is, why this is important. And there is definitely an element of faith in this, but more so desire. Why is this so important? What is the deal with prophecy? Why is Paul highlighting this, that especially, and that you desire earnestly to prophesy? We're going to go to one last scripture. That is Revelation, the last book in your Bible, chapter 19. Man, I wish I could go to verse 11. I am going to quote it right quick. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. God loves the Denver Broncos. Amen. All right. We're going to look at verse 9. Tough crowd this morning. Listen, verse 9. Then he said to me, now this is John. He's been caught up in this revelation. He's been caught up in this vision of heaven. He's, he's been exiled to an island called Patmos because they boiled him in oil and he didn't die. So they couldn't kill him. So they exiled him. And while he's there, one of the greatest things ever in his life happens. He gets to see heaven before he actually goes there and gets to write about it. And he says, then he said to me, and this is an angel talking to him, write, John, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. How many of you are looking forward to that, that dinner? Huh? The marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Verse, 20, verse 10, I'm sorry. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. I love this. We need to know this about angels. They're here to serve you. They're here to serve you. I am your fellow servant. Watch this. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know what the angel just said? He said, we people, not angels, have the testimony of Jesus. Jesus didn't come to save angels. He came to save man. Angels, this isn't even their gospel. This isn't even their message. Only men and women can preach the gospel and believe the gospel and receive the benefits of the gospel. This is especially for us. Isn't that awesome? The reason for prophecy is Jesus. Wow. Not only are you speaking on his behalf when you prophesy, listen to this, my family, but you are also telling the person or the people to whom you are prophesying what he wants them to know. What Jesus wants them to know. Let me tell you what Jesus wants them to know. See, first of all, he knows the secrets of our hearts. He knows our concerns. He knows our dreams. He knows our desires. He knows our hurts. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our fears. He knows what we know. He knows what our future holds. See, this right here, this is why prophecy is so important. He knows what our future holds. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows that you and I need to know what God knows and what His will is for us. 
he also knows that we need guidance. He knows that we need direction. He needs, to know, he needs that we need to know what's down the road. He knows that we all need to know or be reminded again from time to time that God loves us and God truly cares for us. He knows that we are greatly comforted and strengthened and encouraged when we are made aware in that moment that God is thinking about us. Wow. You have all of us have this opportunity to operate in this gift. We heard it. You can all do it. And this is what happens when you do. People learn and people are encouraged. And that characterization of prophecy will be that people are either comforted Encouraged or edified? Or all three. It usually happens like that. So let's all desire it, huh? That's what it takes is a desire, to earnestly desire. And that's going to be shown by you seeking it out. Saying, Lord, use me in this gift. Use me in this gift. I know you love me, and I know you love people. So I'm not going to be afraid in this. I'm going to trust you. I want to speak on your behalf. I want to help someone know that you know them and that you love them and that you have a help for them. You have wisdom for them. You have guidance. You have knowledge that they need. And you know what's in the very depths of their heart like nobody else knows. Can we just pray for a moment? And we don't pray silent prayers at One Cause Church. We open our mouths and we speak. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Just lift your voice to God. If you pray in the Spirit here, if you pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Spirit. I know we're running just a little longer than normal. Let's just give Him a minute here, okay? Let's just give Him a minute here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes there's a word that comes forth, like in a church service, that is for the entire group. Sarah Stone can come here for a moment. She got this word, and, and, and she said, just tell them what you heard God say. And, and when she said it, I said, well, this is for everyone. You need to say this to the church. A few Sundays ago during worship, God gave, said three words to me. The great gleaning. And I asked him, what does that mean? And I saw this picture where I was standing, and, and there was this large, like, satchel bag. And there was this field in front of me, and my bag was overflowing with these grains. And I just just felt this desire and this urgency and need to keep pulling and putting, pulling and putting into my bag. And God is our master. And when he said the great gleaning, the first thing I thought of was Ruth, because that's where we associate what gleaning is. Ruth was a Moabite who cleaved to her mother-in-law after her husband died and, and became, cling to, clung to God. Uh, she knew about our God, and, and that's who she wanted to serve. So she went back to the home 
and served God, served her mother-in-law. They were poor, though, and she asked if she could go glean and pick up what was left behind after harvest from Boaz's field. And as I'm reading this, you know, I see Ruth simply asked, can I glean from this field? But the more beautiful thing that I saw was that Boaz found favor in Ruth. He saw and heard about her faithfulness to her mother-in-law and to God. And what God wants you guys to know is that he sees your faithfulness. He's hearing about it because we have these angels who are serving us. And they're telling God, this person is faithful. And God is our master and he has a great harvest for us. And he wants to pour out this favor. There's such a great gleaning available. So get your bags ready to fill. If you are in financial need, you get your bags ready to fill. If you are desiring these gifts, you get your bags ready to fill. God did not specify what, you know, we're filling our bags with in this word. But get your bags ready to fill because there is a harvest and he owns all the fields, all kinds of seed, all kinds of grain. And he wants all of us to get ready to receive. Do me a favor. Listen, listen, I want you to grab a hold of this word today. Today, if, if that's speaking to you, I want you to just stand where you are. Just stand where you are. That's speaking to you. Listen, I love, the, I love what it's... What the, how the word came out, a great gleaning. All right, we're not talking slim pickings. We're talking a great gleaning. Amen. So I want you to just pray. Just pray over this. Let this word be released into our lives in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Thank you, God, for every single hand that is raised, for every heart that is open. Thank you, God, for presenting this field to us, God. Thank you, God, for being our master. And I just pray over every single heart, every single gleaner here today, God, that their bags would be full and overflowing, God. Thank you for providing the bags, Lord, and providing the field and providing the harvest and finding favor, Lord. I pray that each person, Lord, that this word is spoken to, God, would receive that favor. They would see themselves the way you see them. And I thank you, God, that every morning going forth, they wake up with an expectation of the opportunity opportunities you have for them, an expectation, God, of the things that you are putting in their hands and in their bags, Lord God. I thank you, God, that as they continue in their day-to-day, God, there would just be that overflow that would affect each person that they run into as well, Lord. And I thank you for finding favor in each of us, God, and for seeing us and providing for all of our needs according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that beautiful? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And you just heard what God wants you to know. He wants you to know this so that you will expect it, so that you will desire it, so that you will believe it, and therefore receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We went a full hour and 15 minutes. Let me pray over you, and then uh, Amber is going to come up and dismiss you. Father, thank you for your blessing on your people.
I pray, Lord, I thank you that you bless them and you keep them and you cause your face to shine upon them and you be gracious to them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 